the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Hannibal. Oh, fight. On weei.com. Our draft series. We are up to the offensive lineman. Not exactly a sexy position by any means, but that's a you know you're into those things. You you don't shortchange them. You you break them down too. Then just because they're not wide receivers and scoring touchdowns doesn't mean you ignore them. And in this year the. Tackle position, at the very least, is sort of a sexy draft position where you could have maybe six tackles go in the first round, four in the top, who knows, dozen to 15 picks. So, um, you know, and and the way everybody passes and pays, left tackles have become, you know, quarterback, left tackle, cornerback, or some of those marquee passing game positions. Now, we see every year, and, you know, going back to, uh, what was it Greg Robinson and some of these guys that go – you know, top one, two, three picks that, quite frankly, suck, and you should have known at the time they suck. Um, so I'm not in. It's similar this year. I'm not in love with all the guys that are supposedly going to be, you know, top half of the first round picks. But you're going to hear some of these names go off early. Well, and I think if you know, you could see a run on them because, like you said, that's an important position these days. And if a team sees guys going off the board, they can move up, and you could see a run, like you said, of six guys going in the first round. Plus, I was thinking about it, like. What's worse, and I don't, know, I don't know the answer to this. I'm just throwing this out there as sort of a rhetorical question. What's worse if you take a tackle at, say, 10 or 12 or 14, and he's not what he's supposed to be, or you blow $60 million on a tackle in free agency? You know, both of them suck. Both set you back. Right. Both have hurt you now. You know, you can probably cut your losses maybe a little easier and quicker in free agency with, you know, the bonus money, take a dead right. year hit. Um, and, you know, sort of wasting a top 8, 10, 12 pick, especially in this day and age where everybody will say, you know, who went one pick later or two picks later, you know, defensive player of the year type guy, whatever that you could have had. Um, but it's it's a tough position because, you know, I feel like people are so overrated at tackle these days. Like, I don't even know, you know, you have Tyron Smith, who I think everybody would say is a could play anywhere, great tackle. But, you know, you had that era where it was like, Orlando Pace and Walter Smith and you know there were three or four guys who were true true elite tackles right now we see you know Laramie Tunsil gets traded and he's supposed to be a franchise tackle and I don't know I just think the position is so valued that people force themselves into believing that guys are more elite than they really are but yeah so from a Patriots perspective um, the tackle position the O-line the entirety of this um, the need I think is interesting in that on the surface right now, you don't need any offensive linemen. You have – you should well, have a starting offensive line. Do you need an interior lineman, though? No, I mean, you took a guy in the, what, third round, fourth round last year who could be your interior backup. If you're getting Andrews back and you're keeping Joe Tooney – Well, that's the thing. If you're keeping Tooney, then no, you don't. But I still kind of believe that they're going to try to trade him at some point. Oh, they're going to trade him to go to three overall to get Tua. You didn't hear? I did hear that somewhere. <laughs> um, if the, so, yeah, I think their bigger need is interior offensive line. I think – Right but now. Even, but, yeah. Like, but you also have to talk – you know, we've said this – I've said this a million times, the wild cards are those two draft picks from a year ago. Right. Like, Yadni Kajus, you drafted as an injured third-round pick, I believe. 
Yep. So he sits out the entire year. So the whole theory is if he's a third round pick hurt, then he probably talent wise should have been a second round pick or late first or something. So if you're adding a, a late first round, early second round tackle, well, then you don't need a tackle, right? Right. Um, and now, then, uh, uh, what's his name? Froholt. On the- Froholt. Yeah, same thing. If you're adding a fourth round guard, you know, as guards go, that's, that's a pretty good guard draft pick. You know, Tooney and Mason are both third and fourth round picks. So you, if you're right. adding a talent of that quality, then do you really need offensive line help in this draft? And, you know, what are you looking for? I personally think they probably should um, look at the inside at some point. And, you know, I guess we'll start there. We'll come back around to the elite tackles in a minute. Yeah. But like Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan is the top center. And I like him. I think he's a really good player. Um, and but in because, terms of the, the, the Patriots, I don't, like, not, it's not worth taking him at 23. No, 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 no. And he won't go at 23. He's a right. second-round pick. So some of this would be our projected maneuverings where right. – Maybe they, they trade, trade down at a second round pick. Maybe they trade Tooney for picks and however that plays out. Um, I'm just saying he, I think, would be a guy they would love at center um, for a long time as a second or a third. Now, they might not go that high. I'm trying to think. Copen was a fifth round pick. Andrews was undrafted. Um, Ryan Wendell was undrafted, I think. Like, so they've never really the invested. They don't invest high picks in that position. Right. Last time would be Damian Woody, and that was a different regime a, a lifetime ago. ago. So, yeah, they probably wouldn't, but who knows? I, I mean, it's a different offensive line. No more Dante Scarnecchia. Maybe no more trust that I can give him chicken bleep, and he'll turn it. Maybe right. you feel like you need more talent there. But uh, Ruiz, I think, is a really good player. I think he's significantly better um, than the Cushenberry kid. Those are sort of the, the LSU, Lloyd Cushenberry. Those are the two centers that are going to probably go second round, maybe third round. Um, and if you made me pick one of those, I would definitely take um, Ruiz. There's another kid trying to find him, the kid out of Ohio State who's a Rutgers transfer as a guard. I think he's played a little bit of center. Um, Jonah Jackson, I think, is another mid-round, second, third round. Um, He was one of those uh, graduate transfers to Ohio State, played center for them, was a captain at Rutgers, played some left guard. to me, looks like a plug-and-play type Patriot offensive lineman. Nothing flashy, not going to be, you know, a superstar, but probably could play in the middle of your line for a long time. So those would be some of the guys that I would look to as potential mid-round because that's where I think they'd probably target. They have that, what is it, like 87 to 125? They have those yeah. four picks. All those third-rounders and the fourth, yep. Yeah, so you could, you know, after you get whatever you perceive potentially be your top need in either the first or even if you trade down to the second, right? that patch there is like, okay, we need a D tackle. We need an offensive tackle. We need a tight end, like check off a number of boxes. And, sort and of if they have a guy that they rank higher and he's still available at that pick, then I could see it. But I, I don't think this is a position that they're going to force. Like it's not like tight end. No, 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 no. It's not. Well, I mean, again, if you trade Tooney, who's right. a starter at guard? Is it just Froholt? You're so happy with him. You're so comfortable with him having never seen him. I mean, that's a tough one. You know, Marcus Cannon for the long term, is this his last year? What are you doing there? Right. Um, and then even the question, you have eight games at left tackle from Isaiah Wynn. So right. would you consider um, like a Jonah um, – not Jonah Jackson, the uh, Josh uh, kid out of Houston, the other left tackle. Josh Jones. Josh Jones. A lot of JJs. Uh, Josh Jones, not Jonah Jackson. Um, he, I think, is the fifth best tackle, and if you believe everybody – 
that would be the one that you know might have a chance to be in the Patriots wheelhouse there after the top four go after the board. I think he's really good. I think he's an NFL left tackle, probably a little bit more prototypical than Isaiah Wynn. And maybe you say, okay, we're going to trade our franchise left guard. We're going to move our left tackle to left guard, and we're going to draft a left tackle. That could be a possibility too. So I, you're right. It's not the tight end like, oh, they got to get somebody need. But depending on what their thought process and mentality is, it could still be sort of a need for either this year or certainly for next year. Who are your top tackles? I know like that's sort of a... That's the sexy position. Uh, okay, so the top four tackles that everybody has in some order, um, Becton, Mackay Becton, who was my number one, six foot seven, 370 pounds, whatever, played high school basketball, had a great combine. I think he is that typical left tackle NFL. Yep. Um, has a little bit of experience. I think earlier in his career, Louisville was one of those teams that moved the right and left tackle, bounced him back, back and forth. forth. So he's got a little swing tackle versatility. Then you got Tristan Wirfs, the Iowa kid. Um, some people aren't sure that he's a tackle, that he could actually end up as a guard. Um, I would never feel bad drafting an Iowa offensive lineman. Nope. I think they're, they produce offensive linemen under Ferenc and that whole thing. Certainly there's the tie-in with Kirk and Brian Ferenc to New England. So that What would... happened to James Ferenc then? Uh, what? What happened to James? If he you know, comes from an uh, offensive lineman factory with the father, what happened to him? Well, he, I think he's physically limited. Okay. It's not a want to, it's a can't. It's a, it's a, he knows what to do and he wants to do it. He just doesn't necessarily have all the physical tools. Okay. Glad we got it out of the way. And he can join that coaching staff very soon, I'm sure. <laughs> um, Jedrick Wills Jr. out of Alabama. Uh, I don't love. I think he's a pure right tackle. And I'm not even sure how good he is. And I have this thing, and this may be a me problem. Um, like, I think of right tackles as a lesser position. Like, if you can't play left, I try you at right. Or, uh, and it's not that way anymore. Teams are drafting right tackles in the first round. Uh, oh, but you're, you're right. I, I kind of agree with you on your thinking there. And so if you're going to tell me he's a right tackle, I'm not taking him in the top 10 picks in the draft. Or, right. But again, it gets back to, you know, Trent Brown was a left tackle with the Patriots and the Raiders signed him for 60 million and put him at right tackle. Right. So I, I just, maybe I have sort of archaic viewpoints on the values of certain positions. Um, but yeah, I like Becton the most. I think he is a left tackle, an athlete, long, big. I, I just, I, he, if you said I have to pick a tackle near the top of the draft and say, this is the guy I'm going to build around, he would be the guy. He, no question in my mind. Cause I have questions about sort of the other guys. Um, I like Werfs. I just don't know that he's elite. Or do you have a top 10, 12 pick? Yeah, especially if in my mind I'm saying, well, he could be a left tackle, but I might have to move him to right tackle or guard. Okay, well, again, if I'm picking you in the top 10, I shouldn't have any – I should know, like, I'm drafting X. I'm drafting – I know all your skills. I project you to be a Pro Bowl pass rusher or a Pro Bowl cover guy. Like, I shouldn't be like – That'd be like a corner. Well, I think he's a corner, but if he doesn't work at corner, I'll just move him to safety. Well, then he shouldn't be a top 10 pick. That, yep. that, that's just how I look at it. Um, but yeah, I like Becton and Wirfs. Thomas, to me, the kid out of Georgia, not even sure I mentioned him yet, he um, is just kind of blah. I, like, so I've heard some people say he's the best tackle in the draft. Eh, okay, maybe he is. I don't know. You watch more tape than I do. You scout more than I do. Um, I just think he's solid. I don't think you'll ever, maybe like a Matt Light, I don't think you'll ever regret having him and you might even really like him, but I'd also don't ever think you'll say he's a five time pro bowler. 
yeah, I have the best left tackle in football. I don't, I don't think you'll say that with him. So that's my rundown of the top four. Um, and then, as I said, the, in a more of a Patriots perspective, I like Josh Jones. Um, four-year starter, captain, so like sort of that leadership stuff that they, they right. like. Um, I think his feet, like his footwork, his athleticism are sort of above average, average to above average for good left tackles. Um, you know, it's weird because everybody kind of terms him raw, and he does look a little raw. But that's a little weird because he's a four-year starter. You'd think he'd be a little bit more advanced or refined at this point. Um, but, like, if you get him, some team takes him at, like, 30 or 32, or you get him at the top of the second round, I think you'll be very, very happy with that selection. Now, how high he goes, if you took him at 23, might be a little higher than his talents warrant. Uh, I guess – I think it's likely they take an offensive lineman in this draft. Yes. But they have 12 picks. Yep. So, but are you taking an offensive lineman who's a camp body practice squatter in the, you know, seventh round or whatever? Taking a guy probably in the fifth or sixth round that I think could potentially, if I get lucky, help you out down the road. But you're right. It's more of a a camp body. Right. And it's probably more of an insurance policy. Like maybe Froholt is either hurt or we don't know what he is. Or maybe, you know, we've talked about it a lot. David Andrews is coming back from a sort of a non-football injury, a life injury, a health injury issue with the blood clots in his lungs. And he seems to be very positive that he's coming back and feels comfortable. But I still think you probably need an insurance policy because with Ted Karras gone, if Andrews isn't your center, who's your center? Like, right. Like, so. Well, that's probably something you'd address via free agency and a guy that's played in the league before that you can count on to at least sort of do the job. Like, yeah, you don't want to count on a rookie in that. We've learned over the years that veteran offensive linemen, while they're available and you can find them, sometimes it's a tough – like, look at last year where they, the tackle guy who retired, Veld uh-huh. here. Yep. And they Russ traded Bodine. Russ Bodine, who was like – had started every game he ever played, was a, you know, veteran center, and he was here a week, and then he was out of the NFL. So, yes, you can always get those guys, and you're right, they probably could get one of those guys this summer once they sort of settle into what they need or figuring out the roster. But I don't know if you end up with a good enough player. And we've all seen over the last year, like you have a hole in the middle of your line or a hole in one spot on your line. It can kind of snowball to a bad line. And then you add that to a young quarterback and questions about the run game and questions at receiver. And you're just sort of, you know, adding, building question on a question on a question. And like we said earlier, I think that they don't need to necessarily take one this year high because of what they did last year. And that would sort of be – giving up on those guys when you don't even know what they have. Right. Yeah. I, I think those two guys are, you know, the, I know Mike Reese wrote something about like last year's draft class and how like you kind of get that bump in that year yep. or two and all that. And everybody will probably focus on a guy like Nikhil Harry, which sure, sure. Him. really important. Stidham, the, the flashy guys, but let's just say, for example, Yadni Kajus is your starting right tackle. You trade, um, can. Tooney and Froholtz, your left guard. Like, or, those guys or, could be just as important or more important. Or if Kajus is your locked-in swing tackle and right. uh, Froholtz is your backup interior, then that's right. a job well done with your draft. Right. So, you know, the, there's the top-end quarterback wide receiver positions we'll all be focused on, but I think those guys are worthy of some focus too. But um, I agree with you. I think at some, you have 12 picks. At some point, you're going to draft one or two offensive linemen. If I were going to start – I would start on the interior. Yep. Uh, I would like a guy that could play 
Um, you know, like I said, Jonah Jackson or one of those guys that can play probably center and guard and has upside. I mean, you can get a center or a guard in, say, the third or fourth round, like Froholt, yep. um, that you should say maybe he starts as my interior backup, backs up all three positions. But year two, I'm thinking maybe he could start somewhere. I think that's a plausible developmental possibility. Anything else on this uh, position? No, it's the offensive line. Paul Perillo didn't even used to do these. He made me do them all myself. He hated yourself. It. You just talked by yourself for 20 minutes. Pretty much. His quote, I think, was, uh, "You do offensive line on your time." <laughs> I, so. I really don't fault him with that theory, but you know, we on the off day podcast like to give each position their uh, rightful time. They deserve. Plus, it's nearly half the starters on the football field. You are correct in that too. Right. So I know we don't all like to look into it. We don't all focus on it. We don't all even know enough about what makes it work and not work and good and bad and five guys, but there's a relative, if it falls, falls apart, everything else falls apart behind it. Correct. All right. Uh, well, that's the offensive lineman. We'll be coming at you next at some point this week with defensive linemen. And are we going to mix ed rushers there? How do you usually do that? Yes. We'll do the D line and the edge guys. Then we'll have, uh, down the road a little bit, we'll have linebackers, and then we'll talk safeties and corners. Perfect. Talk to you later. Peace out.